He looks like he probably stumbles across wild animals in the woods frequently and either sits and has a conference with them or wrestles them for dominance. Welcome back, everyone, to Royals Weekly, the most exciting, electrifying, the freest Royals podcast out there. It literally costs you nothing except your worthless, worthless time to listen to this podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Mead, joined as always by my less intelligent twin brother. Hi, everybody. Today, we'll do our weekly review, focus on the Royals bullpen and do a little bullpen draft before previewing next week's games. But first, we want to give a shout out to Norky99 for an excellent review in which they mention our excellent chemistry, Mike and I's, and to Amanda mcd09 who i think is drake downing on his wife's account or something uh drake is a colleague at royals farm report uh he, he left a, a lovely comment on our first episode uh, so thank you everyone who has listened subscribed rated and reviewed so far we really appreciate it uh now this week in royals baseball the royals went five and one this week uh including last sunday that makes them 10 and three overall and right now leading the cactus league which is a distinction they seem to love so what do you get for um, that what do you I, get for that? nothing? I'd say pride, but it's that's a crime. Really, yeah, <laughs> nobody really, uh, nobody really takes pride in winning the Cactus League. Coupon um, for a free car wash, baby. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, I think they, they would love that if that were such a thing. Um, yeah. So the lone loss this week came to the Mariners. They had wins over the Padres, A's, Reds, Brewers, and then they really just knocked the crap out of the Cubs yesterday uh, i think it was yeah um home run after home run it was nice to see uh we saw some strong performances this week uh who were some of the strong performances we saw mike uh the, the big one was yesterday but he's really been doing it all camp and we we briefly mentioned it last week but it's nick prado it looks like um the things we were hearing from the alternate site last summer are translating into uh at least lessened competition here in the spring um his Approach seems very patient. His swing seems very calm. And yesterday he put two out. So that you got to love that. Um, he's got a few walks too. A little bit more strikeouts, but he's not going crazy strikeout like he did in Wilmington. Um, and then the other one that I'm – he might be the guy I'm most excited about from uh, spring training here is Carlos Hernandez. Uh, early in the week, I think he pitched against the Padres. He did because it was Hosmer did hit a home run off of him on like a hundred mile per hour fastball that was up and away. Like only Eric Hosmer can hit this home run in the league because he hits it all the way to left field. Um, but in that game, he looked phenomenal. I mean, pumping a fastball up into the high, high nineties with a really good changeup uh, and good, good breaking stuff too. I mean, the guy's got four legit pitches um, when he learns to really command all of them and or when he just does that he was commanding them pretty well that day um he's going to be really good i like him a lot yeah and i liked that prado's home run they weren't like they weren't wall scrapers they weren't you know i i happened to pull one down the line he hit one of them straight to dead center and it was a good 30 feet beyond the wall i mean he really put a charge into both of them on what looked like virtually effortless swings and so it's nice to see prado a guy i've been very skeptical about in part because of that just horrific 2019 he had um but if you look back at his numbers he's had a, a good season in the minors before um so you know, it's nice to see him getting back on track there. Uh, I was really impressed with Mike Miner uh, this week. He had a great outing uh, earlier this week, three innings pitched. He gave up one earned, but he had five Ks in those three innings. And once again, we saw reports of his fastball around sitting around 94 at times, which for him is a huge, huge deal. 
Um, there were reports last year that he was 90, 91, and that's not going to be good for minor. He's really got to get up there to the 93, 94 to be the kind of pitcher that we know he can be and the kind that the Royals hope he will be. Um, I really like the way his curveball looked, his secondary I stuff can, in that. Yeah, in I that forgot alley. how big that thing was, man. Yeah, his curveball has <laughs> a ton of depth to it. I yeah. mean, it will, it's like, it's not quite Barry Zito, but man, it's, it'll remind you of something that has that kind of depth to it. Um, and he threw one to Christian Yelich that I thought was brilliant. It was a brilliant first pitch curveball, started way high, broke down into the bottom out, outside corner, and Yelich just rolled over on it to second base. And it was just a great first pitch out, right? Um, really neutralizing a powerful hit for the Brewers. So, um, it was great to see him have a, a, a nice outing. People aren't talking about him as much, I guess, because he is a veteran and they assume they know what they're getting. Uh, but it'd be great if they if he can come out and really be a staple in that in that rotation. And then, of course, Salvador Perez had an amazing week as well, has had an amazing camp so far um, uh, for all of string, spring training. This week, he, he made it up to uh, 389. 450, 889 as a slash line. So he's got a 389 batting average, 450 on base, which means he's taken a couple walks and an 889 uh, slugging, which means he's hitting some home runs. And he's done that a couple times this week too. Um, so it's nice to see Salvador Perez continuing the success he had last season and that shortened 2020, which for him was even shorter, like 37 games or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see him putting a charge into the ball. Yeah. And, and I don't think, it's fair to expect him to do that. I, I had a, my, my brother-in-law asked me this weekend if I thought that Salvador Perez was going to be the same Salvador Perez as last year. And I said, I don't think that's really fair to expect that if he does, he might be the MVP. Um, but if he does anything close to that, we're going to be just, I mean, we'll have the best catcher in the American league offensively and defensively possibly. So, yeah, that's it. I don't think that's fair expectation either, but somewhere in between, you know, like somewhere coming just short of that would be amazing oh, yeah. as, a, as an outcome for him offensively. And it shows the growth that he's um, shown. He sort of, it, it's interesting to see him understand that I'm not going to be a guy who takes a lot of pitches and takes a lot of walks, but when I make contact, it's going to be very hard contact. And so working with Mike Tozar uh, the down in uh, Florida has really seemed to solidify his approach and understanding the type of hitter he wants to be. And he'll still swing at that down and away slider oh, yeah. every once in a while. Missed, but missed one by a by a mile yesterday yeah, <laughs> or two days and, ago. Yeah, and uh, but it's he's cut it out so much. Like he understands that's what they're trying to do, and he has cut down the amount of those pitches he swings and misses at on the outside, low and away. Really, they were never in the zone. They're not um, even close to the zone. He'll <laughs> hit the ones in the zone. He'll hit yeah. those out or hit them hard. But like the one he swung at the other day, who was that from? It was it was in the Brewers game. I think it was against. Yeah, um, I saw that one. Yeah. Who Freddie Peralta? I think it was against Freddie Peralta. Who was, was phenomenal nails in that game? <laughs> he was, he was killing nails. it. Uh, but he threw a slider that, ha my lord, you couldn't have hit it with a boat paddle. It was, yeah. it was miles out of the zone, and and Perez started swinging way early, and just nowhere near it. Uh, but that's going to be who he is sometimes, at least when he's, when he's making contact, it's hard and he's going to have a high uh, batting average on balls in play because he's hitting so many balls so hard. Um, and I like, I like to see that from him. Yeah. Um, we do need to talk a little bit about the people who did not have a great week this week. Um, and I'm going to talk about the only one. It's hard to find a guy for the Royals who didn't because they've been playing so well, but Nikki Lopez is struggling mightily. Um, nobody likes to see it. We wish he was out there just slapping balls all over the yard. But um, his his number his slash line to this point has dropped all the way to 111, 
238, 111. So he's got a 111 batting average, a 238 on base, and a 111 slugging, which means all of his his hits have been singles. Uh, He's got eight Ks and three walks. The three walks I like to see in 21 plate appearances, that's pretty good. Um, But it looks like if you watch his at-bats, it looks like he has very little confidence right now. He looks, he's flailing at times, just sort of hacking, guessing, not really seeing, having an approach or a plan. Um, And it's, it's tough. It's clear that he, it looks like he hasn't figured out what he's going to do on those inside fastballs and the approach he needs to take to make sure that he's middle away hitter. He's hitting those line drives and he's um, dealing with inside fastballs by either laying off of them or fighting them off or something. Yeah. And and here's how you can tell when Nicky Lopez isn't going well. I think he struck out looking twice in that Brewers games on pitches that were not edge of the zone type stuff. One of them was right down Broadway. Yeah. And it's, and that's not good to see any hitter, but especially a guy like Nicky Lopez who needs a strong camp, who needs to uh, show that he can be the type of player the Royals need him to be, which uh, he hasn't yet. Yeah. So hopefully he can pick it up here uh, throughout the rest of camp. I think we would all love to see him have, a strong finish and to carry that over into the start of the regular season. Um, how about an overall theme for the week, Mike, what stood out to you just watching or listening to the games as a whole? Uh, winning that that's the theme this week. It's just win, baby, just win, baby. Al Davis. We all hate him. Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, but, uh, yeah, to see their team hit as well as they did. Now I know it's spring training. It's Arizona. The ball flies, but on top of that, they came in with some really solid starting pitching. Um, give up a run here or there, a home run maybe here or there, but um, that's Arizona. You're going to do that. Other than that, they really came in with starting pitching and they hit the crap out of the ball. And that was a positive C. So I want to see that continue as guys, as regular guys start to get more plate appearances and those pitchers begin to pitch more innings. Yeah, I think that's a, that'll be a nice goal moving forward. It's weird when teams are playing this well. All you're thinking is just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep yeah. playing well. <laughs> uh, but we'll see how it looks as more major leaguers take up more time. Um, and we don't get to see the likes of Nick Prado crushing the other, the other minor league talent. Um, so we're going to transition into uh, our segment called, we're, we're naming it the Spotlight to talk about uh, the Royals bullpen in a second after this quick, uh, quick commercial break. If you like what you're hearing so far, or even if you don't, please, please, please take the time to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review. It helps others find the show, and it helps us build a better Royals community. If you leave us a good rating and review, we'll make sure to give you a shout-out on an episode of Royals Weekly and perhaps read a small snippet of your review. Also, follow us on Twitter, at Royals Weekly, where we live-tweet select games and offer additional insight into the fight in Kansas City Royals. We're back, and this week we're shining the spotlight on the Royals' bullpen. Why the bullpen? Two reasons. One, it's one of the only unsettled position groups. There are still a couple of slots available, unlike the other positions, which are all pretty much settled for the most part. Who knows? Maybe the starting rotation gets a surprise or something. Uh, And then two, bullpens are crucial in modern baseball. They help you win close games. The Royals went 15-25 and in one-run games in 2019 with a pretty bad bullpen. Uh, in 2020, their bullpen improved because Stalmont, Rosenthal, and Holland, and they all and they went eight and nine in, in the shortened season in one-run games. Bullpens matter a lot. So what we're going to do here is we're going to draft this year's opening day bullpen from the pool of available pitchers. Assuming the Royals will keep 13 pitchers on their roster, including five starters, we'll pick eight pitchers we want to see uh, in the Royals bullpen on opening day. 
And we obviously won't be choosing from the presumed locks in the starting rotation. So no Singer, Keller, anything like that. Uh, keep in mind, this is not who we think will be chosen by the Royals so much as who we'd like to see chosen in the, for the bullpen. And as they say, age before beauty. So Mike's going to give our first pick. I'm 15 whole minutes older than Mark, by the way. Yes. yes. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, with the first pick in the Royals bullpen draft, I'm going to ch- select uh, Josh Stamont for all the obvious reasons. Uh, I actually went back when you told me we were going to do this and just watched highlights from him last year, just sitting there being happy, uh, getting tingly. And uh, it's, it's so good. The curveball is so good. The fastball is so good. Um, especially when he throws the curveball for just straight strikes. I mean, like called strike swinging strike, nobody can hit it anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm going with him for just those simple and obvious reasons. It's going to be interesting to me to see if, those roles become more solidified this year since the season isn't super short like it was last year. Does he become the guy that you're like, okay, he is our closer or do they take a more uh, progressive approach and, and say, Hey, we're going to put our best guys in our highest leverage leverage situations. Um, It'll be interesting to see what Matheny does with that. And you'll know just by where Josh Stomont pitches. Yeah, give me the more progressive approach, please. I don't <laughs> always, want the closers. I don't want the roles thing. I, I don't <laughs> like that at all. Um, give me Stamont uh, in our high leverage situations. Um, but of course, it's about matchups too. Like, are, is he facing righties? Are there guys who, who are certain hitters that would would uh, uh, do more damage against Stamont? I don't know who that would be because, like you said, his fastball curveball combo is insane. Um, and when he found started finding his command, it became clear that okay, this is really going to work in a major league bullpen. So I'll be I'm happy to see him hopefully get a spot. Uh, he will. He'll, he'll get a spot. He's one of those guys who's pretty much a lock for the Royals bullpen. Uh, with my first round pick, the second overall, I'm going to go ahead and take Scott Barlow. Mike was dogging on Scott Barlow when we first started this, um, and I think <laughs> no, it's I easy. Anyway, it's kind of like more cool on Scott Barlow. Than there we I go. There. Um, I'm prove I'm it. I'm still in a prove it situation with him. With that's, that's why I'm not like cool on him. I'm like, Barlow has proven it. He's been, I mean, more, he's had longer track record than Stamont, right? Um, less, um, re, he hasn't struggled recently as both Holland and Davis have at other places. Um, and so, and of course, you know, more proven track record than a lot of the guys we're going to have in this bullpen. Barlow has really if you looked at the bullpen we've got constructed uh, is looking like the guy who's going to be like the, you know, the one we can say like, well, we've been counting on him for like three years. Uh, And so yeah, Barlow, good slider uh, can run it up there at 96, uh, 97 at times. Um, I think he's the type of guy where you're like, yeah, reliable, like, or as reliable as a, some relievers come, he's not Wade Davis in his prime or anything like that, but I need a guy out there who I'm pretty sure is going to give me consistent. Uh, he, I mean, I think he went 70 innings back in 2019 or something like that. He was uh, extremely productive for them as a reliever. Like uh, it's very rare that somebody gets that many innings. Well, it's because he was the only one who could get anybody out in that bullpen. Like he was yeah. the only guy at that time. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and that's sort of like, uh, you know, you look back at 2019. Yes. He had a 4.22 ERA but he had a better FIP of fielding independent pitching. And every year, 2018, 2019, and 2020, he's had a, roughly the same fielding independent pitching. It's around 3.4. Uh, he gets strikeouts. You know, he's the type of guy who you pretty much know what you're going to get. Though luck may end up playing a, a hand here or there, but you pretty much know what you're going to get from Scott Barlow. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll give you your Bartolo pick. I'm not as big on him as, as uh, you are, or really as a lot of other people are. I do like the slider, you know, and we'll talk a little more about sliders here in a second, but uh, with my, the first pitch pick in the second round, my, my pick here, I'm going to go with the grizzled vet, Greg Holland. Uh, he was grizzled they, even when he wasn't a vet. Yeah. You know, every, when I look at him and that beard, I, all I can think is you're going to eat lightning and you're going to cry thunder. <laughs> you know, that's all I can think of. Cause he looks like he uh, belongs in the mountains, you know, Burgess Meredith came from rural, rural Georgia, which is where I think Holland. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, but he, uh, I like him still. I do. Uh, he's, he's not even, he's a, he's a completely different pitcher than what he was when we had him originally, as we all know who have watched him uh last year uh he relies heavily on that slider he throws it so much um but it's a really 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 good pitch uh, i remember when he was in his first iteration with the royals when we had just the dominant bullpen he would throw that splitter you know in there as well uh, I, I don't see him throw that hardly at all anymore slider slider fastball fastball does not go very hard but boy he knows what to do i mean he knows what to do he puts the slider on the outside corner against lefties like crazy um so i'll go with him you know if if i got a tight spot i, I don't feel bad with holland yeah a real success story for a reliever adapting when he started to lose his velocity i mean um he's down into the 92 93 range now um which is definitely uh down from his days of 95 96 97 um but I think the shelving of the split finger is part of that velocity loss, but that slider, he commands it so well that it has become his primary pitch. Really. It is the pitch that he throws like his fastball. Well, uh, he throws the first pitch a lot, <laughs> a lot, and not just first pitch of at bats. He'll throw it three or four times in an at bat yeah. um, or in, in a plate appearance. Um, and so like, I think he has so much confidence in that pitch that he doesn't need to have that 96, 97 mile an hour fastball anymore. And he's realized that. And so he's like, I'm not going to throw, 92 93 up there to get shelled i'm gonna throw the slider that nobody can hit so yeah. um yeah he's looked really good in spring training as well so uh, it's nice to see that he's uh still got it um as he ages i guess um gracefully but uh gracefully and grizzledly grizzledly and, gris- and gracefully mm-hmm. he looks like he probably stumbles across wild animals in the woods frequently and either sits and has a conference with them or wrestles them for dominance um <laughs> and so <laughs> uh so i'd watch that i'd uh, pay money to see that oh that's gonna be his career after baseball um so i'm gonna go with a guy who's got a different name and and a different look than greg holland best thing Uh, about him is the name Best thing about him is the name uh i'm gonna go with old richard lovelady with my second pick uh the second ricky uh, fourth overall second pick and i decided to go with this one here so i could force mike to take some of the guys we knew would be taken later um and so yeah i went with richard lovelady for my second pick um the bullpen's going to need a lefty. Uh, there aren't a lot of candidates for the role. Um, and so I think now is Lovelady's time. I think he has been given somewhat of a chance at the major league level, not a full chance at the major league level. And I'd like to see what happens, honestly. I don't have a ton of, like, I'm not secure in him being in the bullpen, but I think you put him in against lefties, you give him a chance, you sort of let him build confidence against this in situational uh, outings. And when you don't necessarily need uh, not in in low leverage situations, you put him in and you'll have a good chance of sort of building up his confidence and seeing that he, I think a lot of his is like mental. I think a lot of his is like uh, the transition was just too 
much for him at first. And he was frustrated that he wasn't getting as many opportunities as he wanted uh, at the first time, first couple times through. Um, so I want to see him in the majors. I want to see him fill that lefty slot. Uh, and I really want to see him succeed because I think he's got the stuff to do it. Um, so let's see if, uh, if love lady can be that, uh, lefty out of the bullpen this year. I, I agree with the stuff. I think he's got great stuff. I worry about his command. Uh, you know, I think he comes in and walks too many guys and, uh, yeah. And, and, and I, I have to see it. I have to see him do it consistently before I'm like, yes. And cause when he came up initially, I was like, yes, it's about time. Geez, what took you so long? And then he struggled a little bit. And so my confidence was rattled. I know that, but well, that's what really matters. That's, what, he, that's what he's really thinking about when he's yeah, out of the mound. How, sure how, does my, how does Mike Mead feel about what I'm doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> and then when he steps off and starts to cry a little, we know why. Yeah, um, yeah, we do. Uh, so uh, round three, then this yeah. is uh, this is. I was happy to take this pick, and I knew Mark wanted to take him anyway, but I took him. Uh, I took Carlos Hernandez, who is for me the most exciting pitcher, whether it's rotation or bullpen on this team. Um, his stuff is, I think, the best. Now, Daniel Lynch, if you're going, you know, he's not going to be in the rotation or the bullpen to start, probably. Uh, he might be able to come and, and touch Carlos Santana or Carlos Santana. <laughs> Carlos Hernandez stuff. But uh, I think Hernandez is the guy with it now. I think he, he better than Stalmont because he's got two extra pitches that are both really good. Um, he can bring it up to close to 100. And he's got a change up when it's on is, is damn good. And so uh, I think, but here's why I took him for the bullpen draft. I think he's the kind of guy that you start in the bullpen, let him get outs in short doses and then let him transition to a starting rotation. That's not for everybody and not all teams like to do it. The Royals have really not been a team that does it a lot. The Cardinals used to do it a bit, um, but I would really like to see that. I would like to see him start in that bullpen you know, be a guy who can come in and give his absolute best stuff for an inning and then gain confidence getting hitters out that way. And then even if it's not this year at all, transition him to the starting rotation. Yeah, I think they might um, also leave him stretched out since he's getting stretched out in spring training and let him be a spot starter. Let him be a guy who comes in and, and does that once he's established or once we're a few times through the rotation um, because you know, he, he's done it and repeated it last year where he would go three or four innings either to start or out of the bullpen. Um, and it's like, why not? Why not let him do that? You know, um, the, the innings load is going to have to be shared by a lot of guys this year. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they keep somebody in the bullpen who is going to fill like a swingman spot starter role and Hernandez might be that guy. Um, that gives you flexibility. If he's, if he is stretched out a little bit, you feel like, okay, this is great. He can come in. We can, do like a shared start kind of situation, or he's got the kind of stuff that can get two guys out when you really need them to. If you figure mm -hmm. out, Hey, we trust him enough to do that two months down the road. Okay. now he's a guy that somebody got shelled. We can bring him in if we like a long kind of reliever guy, but we still got a chance or this guy can only throw four innings today. We know that bring Hernandez in after that, or he can be eighth inning. We need somebody cause you know, so-and-so pitched two days in a row, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's a solid, uh, a solid pick there. I would have taken him myself, as you said, um, but you, you swoop in and got him. Um, so I'm going to go with a, a different option and this option is in part taken because he has no options. Um, and so I'm going to take Jesse Hahn. 
with my uh, with my third round pick, I think this is. Um, and as I said, I, one of the reasons I'm taking is because he has no options and he did pitch so well last year out of the bullpen. Uh, gave him only 17 innings because, you know, there weren't that many games last year. Um, but of his fielding independent pitching was 2.56 and he just looked like his stuff was electric out of the bullpen. And you might as well sort of leave him there and let him be that guy moving forward. I know he was brought in and people thought he might be a starter. Then he had a bunch of arm issues. And I don't know that he'll ever be one again. I don't know that uh, the Mike Miner route is going to be his route. That's pretty hard to sort of become like get get your career back on track in the bullpen as a 30-year-old and then go back out and be a starter again. Um, I just think it's better to sort of keep on in the bullpen let him be uh, a resurgent guy. Let him be, you know, the Ryan Madsen for us this year or something like that. Um, a guy who's, I don't think he's going to be here much longer. I think he'll want to go back out on the market and get, uh, get some money, but let him, uh, let him earn that money this season by going out and throwing, you know, 50 or 60 innings for you out of the bullpen of, uh, of three ERA baseball. I think that's, I think he's got the stuff to do that. And I think he's a nice addition to a bullpen. Yeah, and if if he is effective early on, he might be a guy that you see gets much more than fifty or sixty because of the innings limits that are probably likely to be on guys. If he can stay healthy, and the fact that you're like, hey, prove it, and then he can go out and earn money somewhere else. You know, it's not right. like he's a developmental guy for the Royals, so you got to worry about him necessarily getting hurt or anything like that. Um, that may sound cold and callous. I don't want you to get hurt, man, but. Uh, I want you to be able to prove that you can go be a, a a reliever that can pitch 70 to 80 innings and, and do it well. So, yeah, that's there. I don't think they're going to be thinking in terms of like, well, let's hold off on Jesse Hahn just because no. we, you know, yeah. no, I think no they're going to be like, we need you, Jesse, start warming yeah. up, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Um, Every other so, day, which is great. I think most, most pitchers sort of want that attitude anyway. And so yeah. uh, like, I'd love to see him come out and put out a, you know, a nice, a nice season out of the bullpen. I think he will. Cool. I'm going to do this like, like they used to do the old video games. Round four. Wasn't that one of them? Nice. That was Round nice. What is that? that? That sounds like Mortal Kombat, the way you're doing Maybe it. Maybe it was. Okay. I was going to do the Amad Rashad number four, <laughs> but no, didn't want to steal from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, I, got, I took Tyler Zuber in round four. Um, Mark is not a huge Zuber guy. Uh, I am as right a prospect. Now. As a prospect. He thinks he's not ready. Um, and I'm actually somewhat in that boat as well. If if we had a stronger bullpen, I would say, yeah, let's put him back into the minors and let him continue to work on stuff. Um, but I look at our bullpen and I don't love it. I don't love the depth that we have in there. I'm not sold on Wade Davis. I'm not even close to sold on Wade Davis. Um, maybe I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he comes in and just killing people with curveballs or whatever. Um, but I like Tyler Zuber's curveball a lot. He's got a really good pitch. And I like guys that have at least, at least, especially in the bullpen, at least one really good pitch. And so, uh, yeah, that's my, my hope is that he can improve. He's he slightly over four on the ARA last year. Um, I think in 23 games, maybe. Uh, but I would like to see him improve on that. Um, and I think in a, in a situation where he is not relied on in some of those big spots, I think he can be effective. Yeah, Zuber is one of those guys who, because he has the dominant pitch and because he can throw it up, roll it up there, at, you know, 95, 96, um, people are going to look at him as a 
potential to be a big spot reliever at someday, someday, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a good way to look at him. To me, he's Scott Barlow in a year or two, right? Like in a year or two, he's Scott Barlow if he's hit his ceiling. Um, and so, um, but I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's consistent enough with his command. Uh, interestingly, he struck out the side, I think yesterday in a B in a B game. Um, but I've also seen him essentially walk the bases loaded or like he will occasionally that that's his game. He's like an all or nothing kind of guy and he doesn't have Wade Davis in his prime stuff. So that if he walks the bases loaded, he'll just strike out the next three guys. He's not that guy. Um, So he needs to get a little bit more consistency with his command. And I think that's best done down at triple a, but if you take him, then he's in this draft bullpen we've got going, Um, which means we only got one slot left. I get the privilege of making the last pick. And I will be choosing dun, 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 Brad Brock came out of nowhere. You thought it was going to be a bigger name than that. Didn't you? You thought it was going to be something <laughs> like, Oh, he's going to take Daniel Lynch. No, he's, he's not crazy. Um, and so I'm choosing Brad Brock again, because I'm about inventory a little bit, right? Like Brad Brock has no options. So we're going to keep him. He is a consistent, a piece out of the bullpen. He's another guy like Barlow who's had, many years where his FIP remains, his fielding independent pitching remains right around three and a half. Right. Um, and so, so this Brock, is not the sexy pick, I think is what you're saying. No, this is, this is <laughs> not, well, you know, I'm not commenting on Brock's looks as a person. He's, he's a good looking <laughs> dude. Um, but this is not like a, I'm going for the guy who's throwing 101. I'm not going for Jake Brents, although I was tempted. Um, the, the lefty throwing a hundred. Then the you looked pick. at his numbers um, in the minors and you're like, Oh my gosh. And I'm also like, eh, maybe this isn't uh, maybe uh, I don't want spring spring training fever to hit me. You know, I'm not calling for, you know, Bobby Witt Jr. to start the year in, in the bigs or anything. Um, but Brock is, is, is the consistent sort of give you innings, give you quality innings kind of guy. In my mind, he's Jake Newberry, only 35 instead of 26, 27, whatever Jake Newberry is. Um, it would be Newberry for me if Newberry didn't have options. So you're going to send Newberry down in my mind and then, you know, maybe bring him up. So like there are guys I think will be in the majors this year who are going to start the year in AAA. Um, and so Brock to me is just that consistent, got good breaking stuff, doesn't throw hard anymore. Uh, maybe never did, um, but, you know, command. And he's played pitched well so far in spring training. So big ballpark, he's, he's, he's had to pick and pitch in some small ballparks in his career. He pitched in Baltimore um, and it's a lot harder to keep balls in the yard there. I think it, Kaufman, he could have a lot more success just by virtue of the fact that it's a lot harder to hit home runs there. And so uh, I'd like to see him as, as my last guy in the bullpen. So this means some people didn't make it, right? Like uh, Wade Davis would then be uh, passed through waivers, I believe, or is he, is he on a minor league deal? I don't know exactly. He probably wouldn't stick around uh, to go play in AAA here. Um, who else didn't make it? Uh, let's take a look. Zimmer didn't make it. He would be sent down. He has an option left. Yeah. Newberry uh, would be sent down. Like you mentioned, Newberry would be sent down. Brents he has an option make left. Brent's didn't Some make of these guys it. have already been sent down too. Heasley has he already this, been. Yeah. Those guys I think aren't, they're aren't really gone. contenders uh, yeah. so much. Uh, I will say that I, nobody, you'll notice that Junis did not get selected. That is because I am of the mind that Junis should be in the rotation. I think Bubich should be sent to Omaha. Um, not Junis, I think. And, and I wonder if, if there's going to be a surprise in the starting rotation, it's going to be that Junis makes it and Bubich is sent down. Um, 
Bubic has three options. He can totally be sent down, no problem. Junis also has options and could be sent down. Um, and so, uh, but I think that Junis will probably show us that he deserves to be in the rotation with his new stuff and a track record that is very similar to Bubic's. Um, so yeah, and you've, you've kind of swayed me on that because, I mean, I'm a big Bubic fan. I like I like his potential moving forward. I like that I think he's going to stay healthy and if he improves his command to be an effective major league starter. But, and I'm not a Jake Junis fan or I have not been in the past, um, but I am very curious to see how this new cutter plays and if there is a changeup, how that, that plays. Um, and I think he's shown enough here in spring training to say, hey, let's slot him into that fifth spot and see what he can do early in the year. If he's still getting tagged and giving up way too many home runs, then you can figure out something else to do with him. But um, I think he's going to be your best option now too, as well. And and that was not how I felt two, three weeks ago, but, and that's, that's where I feel like maybe your mind does change in spring training. Usually I don't let spring training really change my mind all that much. Um, but when it's something like, okay, it's our fifth starter and this guy's showing a little bit more than this guy. Okay. Then I'm fine with that. Or it's, you know, our fourth outfielder. <laughs> okay. My, maybe my mind's moved a little bit by what happens in spring training. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah. And ultimately what's the difference between Chris Bubich and Jake Junis at this point, right? Like, you know, uh, we could say like, let's say they both go out there and have, you know, their 50 percentile performance in the rotation. You're going to get basically the exact same output, yeah. except Junis might go deeper in some games. Right. Well, um, yeah. And the other thing that, Sorry, the other thing that that also can play into that, you might say, well, what's the difference? One's right-handed, one's left-handed. But Bubich doesn't profile like a traditional lefty because his best pitch is his changeup. So he's going to get right-handed hitters out probably more than he does left-handed hitters. So again, that's yeah. a, just toss it up. It's 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 more of a toss-up than I think people realize. And, and if you have that toss-up, why not one send the guy down who could use more time of development in the minors, who skipped some levels, um, and as a result could maybe like use more seasoning? Um, and, and why not give uh, give it to a guy who, one, has shown out more so in spring training. He's probably performed a tick better um, in his spring training so far. And two, looks like he has a new pitch, looks like he's changed something, whereas Bubich is still a guy who's just trying to develop the pitches he already has and find command, right? Like, um, And so I think Junis makes a little more sense for the starting rotation. Um, just looking at the, the bullpen we've sort of come up with here, Stamont, Barlow, Holland, Lovelady, Hernandez, Hahn, Zuber, Brock. What do you think are some strong things about this bullpen? Well, the, the, big, the biggest thing is um, a lot of those guys have strong breaking pitches where their slider or curveball is their best pitch. Um, and that profiles well to get out some of the strong right-handed hitting that we have in the central. And I'm thinking, of course, of the White Sox. Uh, you know, I don't want to bray you coming up in the eighth, you know. Uh, and so that, 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 that's something that I really like. I want a strong power form to get out right-handed bats with a good slider or a good breaking pitch. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a strong point of this bullpen. There is some velocity in this bullpen, too, obviously. Stamont throws really, really hard. Hernandez throws really, really hard. Barlow throws really, really hard. Uh, Roller throws pretty hard. 96, 97 is pretty hard. Uh, Zuber can run it up there a little bit. Um, and so, you know, uh, they're not hurting on the velocity front, though we could certainly think of ways in which they could they could throw a little harder. Uh, my positive is inventory. Uh, the thing that impresses me most about this bullpen is that it goes deeper than this, right? Like uh, Newberry is going to be on your AAA team. Zimmer is going to be down on AAA. Uh, 
you know, um, so a couple other guys who uh, really have an opportunity will be down in AAA waiting for uh, a chance to come up and contribute. And that, that includes um, some of the big prospects we think about. So Lynch, Kowar, guys who could probably uh, make their transition into the big leagues by coming into the bullpen and contributing. Uh, I'm interested in Jake Brents too. Um, I really think he's sh- he sh- played well. I, thought, I think he's pitched well. Uh, shown much better command in spring training this year. And anytime a guy is a lefty and throws a hundred, you have to pay attention to him. Um, and so I'll be interested to see what, what he does uh, moving forward. Any concerns about this bullpen at this point? Yeah, I have a lot. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I'm not sold on a lot of these guys, but my biggest concern is where's the reliable lefty? Where is it? And I texted you the other day and said my, my hot take for the, uh, for the spring, which is, I think that Danny Duffy ends up in the bullpen at some point during the year. Um, and that's not a, not a, Hey, Duffy's going to, it's a both. He may end up playing his way into the bullpen, but they may end up really needing him in the bullpen. Um, Cause I'm not sold on love lady yet. And after that, you really don't have a lefty. So, and it wouldn't surprise me too, if maybe you see the Royals pick up a guy at some point um, just to be another left-handed arm in there. Uh, but yeah, that's the market for any arm is going to be so tough this year because the, yeah. everybody's going to want them. Like everybody needs pitching right now yeah, because point. of the innings, uh, problem that people are going to have. So, uh, if you're, if you're a pitcher who may be major league quality, we're close, keep your, keep your phone on, <laughs> yeah, keep no your kidding. phone on. Um, um I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to start warming up in the backyard soon. Okay, good. Oh God. That's going to be embarrassing for you. I know that, uh, so that's my big concern. Where is the reliable lefty right now? In the one that we just did, Love Lady. That's it. That's literally it. And if you're relying on a guy who has never really shown it at the major league level, that's scary. Yeah, it can be. Um, and that sort of dovetails into the concern I have with this bullpen makeup, and that is that we aren't leaning on a lot of guys who are super dominant. Um, I think we can say for certainty that Holland has moved beyond his super dominant phase. Um, Stamat looks like maybe he's that guy. Maybe he's our super dominant guy, but even Barlow, um, Han, you know, Brock, these are, these are reliable bullpen pieces. These aren't lights out HDH, you know, type pieces. This is the mix, the makeup we have right now for this bullpen and any makeup you could put together for it. There is no version of this bullpen that is a dominant bullpen. Um, so hopefully, uh, some of these guys can have, you know, good seasons, sort of career-like seasons, and show us they can be that dominant. Hurt and Hand does maybe, um, but I, it's, I don't think we have that right now. It's funny that you say, I don't think we have an HDH kind of situation. I agree. Stamont's the only one whose stuff could really play into that role, and Holland was in that role. He was yeah. there. He is one of the H's. Yeah, and um, so is Davis, who is weird. Well, I'm not even moment. talking about it. Uh, and yeah. and that, we may sound super crazy to a lot of listeners right now, and we apologize for that. Wade Davis, there's a good chance he makes this bullpen. There's I think a good he chance he is on the I think Royals the, team ro- I think the Royals day. will choose him. Yeah. yeah. And we just aren't sold on his ability right now. Um, I watched the inning he pitched the other day, and and I watched, a, I mean, a, darn near every time he pitched when he was with the Royals before. Um, those aren't the same pitchers. <laughs> They're, they are not close to the same. And so – I'm not sold on him, but I think the Royals are going to take him. I think they're going to put him in that the bullpen. Yeah, and th- that would be also another inventory move for them in some ways because they could send Zuber back down. They could send. They could keep Love Lady down. They could keep somebody down. 
and just keep the a large cupboard of pitchers ready to go um, if if they got Davis. Um, how so. how good do you feel looking around the spring training bullpen if you're Richard Lovelady right now? You're looking around. What going, do you mean? I'm the only left-hander here who's played <laughs> above high A. I'm the only yeah. one. The job security for that man right now must feel as good as it can for a guy like him. Oh, like I don't think it does for him because they've played so many games with him in terms of like you're up, you're true. down, you're getting yeah. a chance, you're not. You you're dominating AAA. We're just going to leave you down there. Um, you know, uh, I think he, I think he never gets a, a good night's sleep. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, uh, hopefully this year he puts it all together though, because I would love for him to be able to say, you know, I told yeah. you. He seems like the type of dude who might actually say it. Who might like come <laughs> out and say it? He seems somewhat salty about the fact that he's been. He strikes out treated. a dude, tears off his jersey, and it's just a shirt that says "I told you so" on it. That's yeah. boss. I want to see something like that. <laughs> um, let's 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 uh, move ahead and take a look uh, into uh, next week after a quick quick break. Okay, let's talk about the week ahead. Uh, look ahead into next week for the Royals, another week of spring training games, uh, a full slate next week, no off days. Oh, man, I struggle with the off days. Um, I struggle with the days the games aren't on TV. What do I do with my – I already forgot what I don't do when baseball's not happening. Uh, yeah. And so I need it to be on. Uh, but uh, this week they'll play the Dodgers, Giants, Mariners, A's, White Sox, Angels, and D-backs, a bunch, bunch of teams they've played already. The Dodgers game is tonight. I'm excited for that. Um, I think because it's sort of in prime time, they might have good lineups run out there. And last time the Dodgers shelled Coar a little bit. And so I'd like to see uh, what our pitching looks like against them. I think Singer's supposed to go tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, because so I'll be really excited lineup, to see that. So if they're playing any of their guys, it'll be fun to see him get that matchup. Yeah. Um, so what are you hoping to see from the Royals this week? Uh, I think what a lot of other fans are hoping to see, at least the first thing here, more Bobby Witt Jr., I got to have more Bobby Witt Jr. <laughs> All right. Hashtag uh, I'm with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this guy, I mean, I want to see, he seems to learn so much just at bat to at bat, you know, or a game to game. It's like, man. And uh, I want to see him hit the ball hard continuously. I haven't been in love with his defensive. He's had a couple defensive miscues, I guess I'll say, but he still looks smooth. Um, and I started dreaming, you know, I started dreaming of, like a lot of Royals fans did uh, not him being in the majors or starting in the majors this year. I think that's a pipe dream. I think they're leaving him up as a reward and a showcase to say, you're really good. We want to see you, but there's no way he's starting up there. But I started dreaming like, Hey, wait, if Mondesi can start to put some stuff together, or even if he really just is the guy he's been and wit is that good, as, as good as we think he can be, you're up the middle combo is as good as there is in baseball. You know, assuming but you know one of them plays second base and the other plays short. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I think you probably play Montesi at short because I think his glove is slightly better. That would be phenomenal if those two can both put it together up the middle. So I was just dreaming about that the other day. Um, yeah, I think dreaming on a on a future infield of Nick Lofton at second, Montesi at short, and Bobby Wood Jr. at third is something that a lot of people are doing right now. I'm telling people to pump the brakes on the fucking Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, Love hysteria. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, you are you know, such we, a fun killer, a fun sponge. I, uh, 
somehow the hysteria moved from, oh, this is exciting to, oh, this is excruciating to me, like in like 10 minutes, in like 10 minutes. I was like, oh, fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, people are talking about him in the majors. What? And they're like, it doesn't matter that he's never played minor league baseball. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and so we overlook the fact that he actually has played minor league baseball. He played rookie ball and it did not do well. Um, and so like, you know, our body of evidence on him is just not very good. And we're also ignoring the fact that his opponent quality in these minor league or in these spring training games has been like high a level. And so it's just one of those, no, no speaking reality to the, uh, to the occulted, I guess. Yeah. But have you seen the kid? He's gorgeous. I mean, come on. <laughs> he is gorgeous. And I'm very excited about it. Love you, Bobby. I love you, buddy. Um, but I'm, I'm also, we know you're listening out there. We know you're listening. I'm yeah. excited to see you at Northwest Arkansas this year. Oh, he could kill it in that league. Um, no. My other excited thing for this week is Carlos Hernandez. My love fest for Carlos Hernandez continues. Um, I want to see I want to see him throw crazy changeups and hundred mile an hour fastballs. And if he throws like he did against the Padres, his curve, his breaking balls were all on too. So it was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Um, so I want to see that again. I actually went back and watched um, some of his starts after that Padres game from last year. And uh, he didn't look quite as good, quite as uh, fine as he did against the Padres, but it was there. You could tell. You were like, oh, my gosh. If he really brings it together, he is – he reminds me of uh, Carlos Martinez. Is that his name? Mm, Yeah. Reminds me of him early in his career when he was was doing uh, really well. Yeah, kind of a forgotten prospect in some ways. I don't know why people don't – I think the, the 2018 guys got drafted and everybody sort of forgot that Carlos Hernandez, Hernandez was a really good was a really good prospect who might yeah. who might become something really impressive. Uh, this week I'll be looking forward to uh, Andrew Benintendi. Actually, uh, he started maybe to heat up a little bit. He hit a nice uh, double off the wall that was this close to getting out yesterday. Um, but I really want to see him sort of start to heat up as we get to the second half of spring training because they're really relying on his bat and uh, him and Carlos Santana have to sort of pick it up, have to get uh, into a groove because if they're not, then uh, that that those um, 78, 80 win dreams that a lot of people are having or the pipe dreams of competing for a wild card that some people are having, those have no chance if Benintendi and Santana aren't uh, aren't hitting on all cylinders. So I'd like to see Benintendi uh, heat up here in the next week or so. He fell down running the bases yesterday. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I was listed to the game. He's rounding second, I think. It was hard to tell. My feed wasn't, it didn't sound very good. Um, but man, yeah, I think he's just face planted rounding second base oh, yesterday. Andy, Andy, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Which I'm I think sorry. it was on a ball that was like hit off the wall. And so he ended up at second and whoever hit it, I want to say it was so maybe, uh, ended up with a single off the wall. You know what? At least he didn't get hit in the junk by a breaking pitch. He swung out and missed. That was, did you see I that? I laugh club? every time. Man. Oh, every time. It was a I see gift. It. it was a gift from the internet gods. It was so great. The person uh, who, I, I don't, I don't even know the name of the guy who was hitting. Uh, I, I wasn't even paying attention to like what the game was going. I don't even know, but that that's going to live with that guy forever. I'm sorry about that, but consider it a gift guy say this is my gift to you baseball fans because that's what it was i'm <laughs> gonna see that video for the next 40 years of my life and love it every single time it was um, so a true pl- pleasure to watch that 
fantastic. Uh, all right, let's move on and, and, and wrap up this, this week's episode with our Just a Bit Outside segment, uh, where we talk a little bit about things that are interesting us this, to, to us this week uh, outside of baseball. So, Mike, uh, what's, what's uh, fascinated you outside of the world of baseball this week? Well, uh, it's something that fascinates a lot of people, really. Um, it's not just me, but I've been, you know, watching the show King of Queens recently on uh, Peacock. Thanks for the login, brother. Um, but- Get me busted. but uh it's just the brilliance of jerry stiller that has fascinated me like my god that man is so funny or was was he rest may he rest in peace um you know he plays arthur spooner the father uh on on king of queens and he played george's father on seinfeld absolutely hilarious in the movie uh heavyweights absolutely hilarious i mean this guy was a comedy genius um so yeah, I've just been, it's been Jerry Stiller appreciation week here at uh, the Mead household. So. Okay. Mine's less upbeat. It's actually downbeat. Um, and that's because I've been thinking, I've been going on a lot of walks with all the amazing weather uh, we get, we're getting out here in Virginia. Um, but there's a thing I noticed right when I move out here that gets me every single time I go on a walk. And that is for some reason in Virginia in central Virginia, they decided that there should not be anything called sidewalks here. So there are no sidewalks in central Virginia. Uh, I live in a like cul-de-sac-y like neighborhood. I don't know what exactly you would call it, um, but there are zero sidewalks. And then if you go out, like I live just outside of Charlottesville. Um, if you go into Charlottesville, there are virtually no sidewalks. And it's like, what is going on here, people? I almost get hit by cars every single day. Um, and it's mm-hmm. like, this is and, why we don't have any sidewalks here. Yeah. <laughs> and so and let's it, not it forget like that a, you hit somebody who wasn't on a sidewalk too. All right. So. Uh, allegedly, allegedly. Um, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's coming after me for nothing. They got nothing on me. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's just a really annoying thing that you don't even notice until they don't have them. They also don't have any streetlights here. FYI. <laughs> no streetlights, no sidewalks, no sidewalks, they, no streetlights. Uh, they want people to be hit. They're trying to call the population here. They want people to be hit. <laughs> By cars, it uh, killed so that's what's been on yes. my mind. Yeah, it's it's been on my mind all week for some reason. Oh, because I've been outside walking. Um, so yeah, uh, get get with it, Central Virginia. Get some sidewalks in here. We got um, tons of sidewalks down in uh, Greenwood, Missouri. So come on over, man. I'm coming to visit when I get vaccinated. Uh-huh. Um, so that's all we have for this week. Thank you for tuning in to Royals Weekly. Uh, we'll come back again next week with another brilliant episode. Bye, everybody. <laughs>